Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back to Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Watch us on MileHighSports.com. Listen to Mile Sports Radio, 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD, 3 FM. Hey, you don't have to stop playing golf because the weather is lousy, and we're going to have maybe some lousy weather in a few days. Go to Optimum Golf in the Park Hill Rhino neighborhoods to keep your game ready for the season. Now is the time to get your custom fit and custom-built clubs and get some lessons from their award-winning pros. Plus, you can keep your swinging shape at one of their virtual bays as you play simulations of some of the best courses in the world. Check it out at theoptimumgolf.com. Andrew Mason here, Eric Goodman, out for the day. Justin Adams of CBS4 pulling a double shift. He is powering through despite being tired, sitting in, even though that alarm's going to go off at 2.15 a.m. tomorrow morning. <laughs> Don't remind me. <laughs> oh, God. How, did, how does your wife feel about that, by the way? Uh, you know, it's hilarious. She actually, you know those little blinders that you have? Like, you could put those things over your eyes? Oh, like, yes. Like, a lot of people put them over their eyes when they're uh, on airplanes. Mm-hmm. So, at first, you know, when I was doing this shift, she was fine. You know, she would wake up with me, you know, send me away. About a month into it. She had that thing over her eyes, man. Yeah. So I'll just be like, you know, I'll try to get through and turn on the lights and get out the house. But, you know, she is uh, really excited to see me uh, go to sleep that way. <laughs> get out the door. <laughs> do you go to bed early, earlier than her? I do. I do. Okay. I go to bed earlier than her, yeah. um, you know, and, and she takes care of the little one. We have we have a three-year-old. So right. she, you know, does bath time and also uh, takes him to bed. So, you know, oh, you know what? She's listening right now, babe. Tonight, I'm going to chip in. I think. Depends on how I feel. <laughs> it could by, happen. By the way, the ran, the kind of random conversations we have off the air. We were oh talking during the break because it came up with the uh, the Lakers and the odds on the next Lakers coach. Yep. And you said, what are the Le- LeBron James odds? All right. LeBron James odds are plus 15,000. Okay? okay. But those are the last odds according to sports betting AG. But for LeBron James to even be have any odds to be the next head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. Just let you know everything you need to know about his control over that team. Well, that being said, there's a rule that's been in place in the salary cap era that says you can't have a player coach. So he cannot pull the Bill Russell here. Right. He would have to retire to be the next head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James. LeBron James. (laughs) Oh, it's going to be it's going to be somebody else. I would bet on Quinn Snyder. I do. I, you know, Quinn Snyder, actually, that would be a good pickup. I hate seeing him leave Utah. Yeah. You know what? Utah's weird, man. And I know we're talking basketball in the next segment. Can you find another team that has more talent but has done absolutely nothing with it in Utah? Yeah. Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Rudy Gobert. I mean, they have shooters. Bogdanovich. They have shooters on the roster. Um, They have a great point guard. I mean, I can't think of that team. And I look at them like... How how are you not in the Western Conference Finals? They how are should, you not in the Finals? They should be doing what Phoenix is doing. Right. But they're I not. Agree. They're not. And yet Quinn Snyder's kind of bulletproof. Everyone regards him as a great as a great tactician. Everything changes when you go to LA. Yeah. Sometimes the best move for you to be is right where you're at. The grass is not always greener. Amen. Time now for the lead. The lead. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. You know, there are some people out there who think that maybe the grass isn't greener for Russell Wilson now that he's come to the Mile High City and that the Broncos offseason is not as good as most people around these parts 
think it is. In The Athletic, Mike Sando, who makes a, a practice of doing these stories, talking with multiple unnamed NFL executives. Mm-hmm. So it's always kind of confidential, and so you kind of get the, the, right, 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 right. the honest thing. He spoke with some to offer their analyses of what teams did this offseason. And he, these, are the quo- these are some of the quotes from NFL executives regarding the Broncos. I'm going to start with this one sure, here. Sure, sure, Quote from an NFL, exec- an NFL team executive, quote, It seems like they are being hailed for a move when the reality is they didn't want Wilson, they wanted Aaron Rodgers. Let's face it, if they get Rodgers, they are the number one team in that division. Instead, they are being looked at as possibly the third, maybe in the fourth best team in the division. And I like Wilson. I think he can still play. But there's a big difference between what Denver wanted and what Denver got, unquote. So, we just, earlier in the show, said, hey, a good season for the Broncos, 11-6. and six. Mm-hmm. Do you think that would have been higher if Aaron Rodgers had been the guy they'd gotten? No, because you would have had to pay $50 million. You would have to pay $50 million. So all the moves that you wanted to make on defense, it wouldn't have changed. No Randy Gregory. No Randy Gregory. Maybe right? no DJ Jones. No DJ Jones. For sure no DJ Jones. Yeah. Right? Uh, you still need a corner. You still need that secondary guy. Right? You still need somebody else. Right? I mean, there, there's several guys that you look around and say, what, what, what would you have to give up in order to get somebody at $50 million a year? Mm-hmm. So obviously you can look at the offense and say, wow, that would have been great. You could have looked around and say, well, you can, you can look at this roster and say maybe they would have had him. But then here's the other question. What else would you have to give up from a player perspective? We're talking about Noah Fant, right? Noah mm-hmm. Fant. Um, Drew Locke obviously goes. Shelby Harris goes. But let's say if Green Bay says, hey, we want Jerry Judy or we want you know some other different guys in your roster as well, some, high, some high-tier guys. What if Green Bay had said we want Pats for 10? Do you think the Broncos would have walked away? I would have. I would have. Wow. I would That's have. That's a bold statement considering well, the value of a quarterback. Well, you have all this offense. You have no defense. Yeah. Now you play in the AFC West. Now mm-hmm. you, look at, you look at the quarterbacks now. Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. You're not guarding anybody. You're going to try to win games 45 to 41 <laughs> Yeah. with a 38, 39-year-old quarterback Yeah. who, as we have seen several times in his career, Broken collarbone here. Gets injured there. Out and, for the year. And every year he dithers around to figure out whether he's going to come back or not. Uh, by the way, Billy Turner, right? You got him at a, at a deal, right? Yeah. Got pretty much at a steal. You got you, about $5 million for Billy Turner. Yeah. Do you think you'd be able to afford him too? No. That's what I'm saying. It's like, and I get it, right? It, it, you Did the Broncos really what? Do I believe, right? And you've been around the guys, right? You hung around them. You know the more. Me, from the outside looking in, do I believe the Broncos at one point they really wanted Aaron Rodgers. For sure they did. Yeah. Like, we would all be lying to you if we said that they did it. But the other side of the coin is this. Once that they found out, and George Payton knew that he wasn't going to get him, that's the reason why it took him a month of negotiation to go get Russell Wilson. That's the reason why they went in that direction. So, did they want him? Great. You know what? Didn't happen. And you know what? At the end of the day, it probably worked out better for both teams, to be honest. Yeah. And I feel like they got a six to eight year window rather than a two year window. You would have had a two year window. Mm-hmm. You would have had to, you would have lost both draft picks. Let's be honest. You probably lose three draft mm-hmm. picks, right? Three first round picks. So now you lose three first round picks for a guy who's going to be around for two years. Now you're on the third year without a draft pick and without the quarterback too. Mm-hmm. So now you're in the same type of situation you were two years ago, right? Trying to figure things out. By the way, with a quarterback that cost you twice as much as the guy that you have right now. 
Another quote from an, an unnamed NFL executive. Quote, careful what you wish for, Russell. Who takes the top off the coverage in Denver with their long stride speed? Tim Patrick was the special teams player, made himself a new receiver. Cortland Sutton doesn't quite doesn't run quite the same after his injury, at least from what I saw. Jerry Judy is small bodied, unquote. Your thoughts? Did did he not remember KJ Hamler at all? Is that just me? Well, he did miss more games than he played the last two seasons. And I get it, but you're talking about who pops the top off the defense. Yeah. Is it that him? Right? Ideally, but he's not proven. Right, he's not proven. But you do have long striders, and I get that. But guess what? Jerry Judy could be that guy too, right? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, God, he could dominate so much at the intermediate, deep intermediate. He could be that guy who could dominate there. And I get it. Small body. Can you catch the rock and make things happen? It doesn't matter how small you are if nobody could tackle you in a phone booth. I mean, Jerry Rice, people thought he was too slow. At one point. Nobody caught him from behind, though. Exactly. And, you know, and part of that, too, is on your what? Your offensive coordinator. To design plays for where they get the ball, they will be successful. That's on him, too. Another quote, third quote from an unnamed executive. Quote, Wilson is a good player, and the offense he's about to play in is going to be really good for him. But he needs a run game. He needs a defense. Everybody keeps talking about all this defensive talent on Denver, but Vic Fangio isn't walking through that door. They signed Randy Gregory, who just had shoulder surgery and has been a part-time player. They are not elite defensively, so I think more falls on the quarterback, unquote. I thought this was the one that actually did make some sense. Yes, it does. I agree with this. When was the last team that won a Super Bowl based off their offense alone? Offense alone. Offense alone. 100% offense alone. You could say 99 Rams, right? They had a pretty good defense that year. Even the, Very Ch- opportunistic the Chiefs defense. a couple of years ago, when they broke through and won it, their defense from October through the Super Bowl was one of the league's best. Mm-hmm. And you know what else they had? They had a pretty good running game, too. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying there, and I get it, right? It is true. you got to have your defense together. Mm-hmm. But Everybody has to have a running game. You're not going to sit back and shotgun in January and win football games. That doesn't happen. It's not going to happen all the time. You have to be able to run the football. I'll even take it another step. Okay. Even in 2013, no Sean Moreno and, and uh, I want to say Monty Ball. Monte Ball. Ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You had a dynamic duo that was at least able to help Peyton Manning get in the right position mm-hmm. so that in the AFC Championship game, he could throw over 400 yards. Well, but yeah. you had to have that running game to get things to make things happen. You have to keep the defense honest. Exactly. You have, if you don't have the running game, they're just going to dro- they're, they're, they're just going to drop everybody deep. I mean, you're going to, you're going to be, you're, you're going to be looking at, at seven guys dropping, mm-hmm. eight guys dropping. Yeah. And you saw, for example, in the AFC Championship game, how Patrick Mahomes was flustered when the Bengals just said, we're going we're gonna to drop seven, we're going to drop eight. Yes. And you figure it out. Yes. And that's the thing that more teams are going to do. That's what happened in the Super Bowl, and more and more teams are going to do that. And the funny thing is the Chiefs, uh, the thing that, that got me about that and what the Bengals did is that the Chiefs had shown in recent years that they were willing to take the run if that's what they, they were, was being conceded. And think about that. How, how much they were up. Well, I think it was 21 to 3 at half or something like that. Or 21 to 10, I think, at half. If yeah. you just run the football, just run the football, mm-hmm. you win that game. They panicked. They really did. The Chiefs absolutely panicked in that game. And that's why you lose at home. And that's, you know what? And that's what happens to teams that don't trust their running game in, in January. Where you don't trust your run game, I don't care what type of home field advantage you have. Where you don't trust it, it's not relying on it. There's a big difference, right? You still need to throw the football. But where you don't trust it at several different times, especially crucial parts in the game, 
to keep things moving and to keep the change moving, then you find yourself with a loss. You know, there's a single decision the Chiefs made in the 2020 offseason that I would argue cost them a super, another Super Bowl. Okay. It was picking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire when Jonathan Taylor was on the board. I agree. 100% agree. I remember when that draft was winding through the first round and thinking that the only guy that the Chiefs could pick that would really scare me and make me say, oh, no, is if they pick Taylor. Mm-hmm. And now you look and you can argue he's right there step for step with Derrick Henry as the best running back in football. Yes. And I thought he fit perfectly because he could catch the ball. That's right. He, he was there was he was a complete package. And he was durable. Yes. And where did he where did he come from again? Wisconsin. Okay. That's why. Yeah. That's why. Guys from Wisconsin. But a lot of good. some Wisconsin running backs bust, I get it. Like uh, Monte now Monte had some issues. Right, right. But and the 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 crit, the critique that is often made of Wisconsin backs is that they're used too heavily. But the thing with Taylor, man, that dude's vision is so good. Oh my god, so good. His vision, his cut, and his cuts. And the Broncos should be thankful that the Chiefs didn't see it that way. They they went for kind of the shiny toy mm-hmm. rather than the sturdy, the sturdy guy. Hey. Who I think if they had Jonathan Taylor in that AFC Championship game, they would have pounded the rock with him when the Bengals dropped eight, and the Bengals wouldn't have been able to do that. And I think the Chiefs would have gone to the Super Bowl and beaten the Rams. Agreed. That's why I say that pick, that decision, probably cost them a championship. And that's why, even though the Broncos don't have a first-round pick here, what they do, rounds two, rounds three, their decision may be to move up, move back. What they do, especially on offense, you got to get you a tight end. you got to get you some more edge guys. But what they do in those middle rounds will be so important to the success of this team, not only this year, but years down the road. Speaking of rounds, we're going to talk about the first round of the NBA playoffs. The Nuggets have their ticket punched for the postseason. We'll get into the matchup with the Golden State Warriors. Is it what the Nuggets wanted? Is it a favorable matchup? We'll discuss on the other on the other side. Pardon me. And afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason. Justin Adams of CBS4 in for Eric Goodman. Andrew Mason here at Miles High, High Sports Radio. MileHighSports.com. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Let it breathe. Oh, man. It takes me back to when I was eight years old. Great music right here, man. Curtis Blow. I was disappointed to know this wasn't even a top 40 hit. What? Yeah, I know. What? I know. Oh, Seems like that can't be true. Wait, how is this not a top 40 hit? This is all 80s right here, man. No kidding. Man. I love the name dropping. Like pick and roll. Like the give and go. This basketball, Mr. Curtis Blow. Damn, beautiful music. Beautiful music. It is. The, I'm the hammer of Thor, but I'm not the encyclopedia of hip hop. <laughs> you know what? It was a time just a fun, right? Um, 
I don't know how much fun we're going to be having. Mace, to be honest with you, a couple of weeks from now here in Denver when it comes to basketball. So we got we got to say we got to savor it, right? <sighs> yep. Yeah. Number seventy-one was as high as it got on the Billboard 71? Hot One Hundred. That's it. Oh my gosh! Back in the original version, back in 1984. Yep. Oh my gosh! Wow. Dude, you can't have a rap song pretty much today without a basketball reference in it. Am I right? Yeah. Nobody's nobody's using baseball reference. Okay. No. No. So you get some football references, but definitely, definitely more basketball. I'm just saying. I mean, the name dropping: Dr. J, Moses Malone. Malone. Yep. Tiny Archibald. Yes. Earl Monroe. Earl yes. the Pearl. Wilt Chamberlain, Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Bernard King, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Walt Clyde Frazier, Rick Barry, Pistol Pete, Adrian Dank- Dantley, Dominique Wilkins, oh. Ralph Sampson, oh. Bill Russell, Daryl Dawkins. Did he put MJ? It, this came out. Right as MJ was starting his rookie, oh, I remember. I look. I I remember oh, this. Look, I was. I I was. I remember that it was fall of 1984. Right when I first heard this song, I was eight years old. Why is that news to me? Why Why is that new? Wait, wait a minute. They didn't have MJ. He's got to make a part two. Oh my god. Anyway, I want to tell you about Windfall Brewing Company in the Orchard Town Center. It's got something for everyone. Seventeen craft brews on tap, and their new executive chef who was the sous chef at Shanahan's, makes a fabulous hand-butchered ribeye with a cabernet mushroom demi-glace, a pan-seared salmon with char broccolini, tomato soup with grilled cheese bites, and boy, oh boy, I had that chicken sandwich. Oh my goodness, it's tremendous. It's not bar food, it's a dining experience. And while you wait for your food, they got 23 pinball machines, Pac-Man, Golden Tea, and dozens of your favorite old-time arcade, arcade games. Head on over to Westminster, make it a day or night at Windfall Brewing Company, Justin Adams with me. I'm Andrew Mason. Join us on the Rocky Mount Forest Park Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Justin Adams TV. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. Yeah, Justin, I'm kind of with you when you said <laughs> we might not be able to be playing uh, basketball, at least when it comes to the... Uh, to the local team uh, right. for, for much longer here. Right. Nuggets number six seed going into the postseason. They're going to take on the Golden State Warriors. Game one in San Francisco, Saturday night, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Hey, got the primetime slot yep. on ABC, right. so there's that. Right. But no sign that Jamal Murray is coming back. No sign that MPJ is coming back. Even though the Nuggets have won three of four against the Warriors this year, of course, you know, one of the, you know, they're, there, one of the wins was against a beat, a very much a B team Warriors. Mm-hmm. This the Warriors look like they're they are hitting their peak at least in terms of their health right now compared to the Nuggets. This looks like it's going to be a tough tough series. It will be a tough series, and one of the main things was Draymond Green wasn't in any of those games, mm-hmm. so he's their lead defender. Really gets Golden State's offense put together. Obviously, he doesn't put up a lot of points, but he doesn't need to. Like they, he's not required to for that offense to be able to succeed. He's more of a great defender. Um, and so Kyle Looney, I mean, 
Uh, Kevin Lilly, rather, he's a guy who's going to really defend Jokic the last time that he that they played together, really beat him up, and the refs didn't call a lot of fouls, right? And so that's one of the things to really look at. Now, I will say this for the Nuggets is that when they last played Golden State, it was on the back end of four games of five days. And so they were up in that game. Steph got hot in the third. Jokic had some foul trouble. The game really turned from there. It was close late, but then Jokic wasn't able to take over. So the thing for the Nuggets is this. They have to figure out a way how to steal one on the road. Now, what's weird about this team is that they have more road wins than home wins, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I would argue this. We all are holding out on hope here with Jamal Murray. I would find it very difficult for him to come back to San Francisco where you just tore your knee a year ago and to play in a playoff game. That would be very difficult. But if it's 1-1 and you come back home in game three, would it be possible for Jamal Murray to come back? Or even game four, would it be possible for him to come back? There's a possibility that could happen, right? Mm -hmm. We don't know. But the main thing is the Nuggets have to figure out a way how to steal a game. And generally, the best game to steal is game one. So if they're going to do that, it's the first game. And there's several different pieces. Bones Highland, you're not a rookie anymore. You have Mm -hmm. to play well. But the thing is, we know what he could do on offense. He can't get lost on defense. Right. Right? Uh, Boogie Cousins, you played for the Warriors before, right? Well, hey, you're going to have to go and have some big minutes overall with this team, right? You're mm-hmm. going to have to have some big minutes off the bench. The Nuggets cannot fall apart once Jokic get out the game. That's the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Man, I had a lot to say on that one. <laughs> I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that you, that, you, that you did, though. Right. Of course, you mentioned Draymond Green. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Of course, He's missed uh he missed 29 games this year, mm-hmm. okay? And that so he he missed 20, he missed 29 and play, and or pardon me, he missed he missed 20. I I'm I'm reading it wrong here. Um they lost 17 times when he wasn't in the lineup. Right. They right, lost right. 12 times when he was in the lineup. Right, 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 right. So this is a team that is it is substantially better. Yes. When yes. he when he is playing, I think they're 34 and 12 when he plays. Mhm. And nineteen and seventeen when he doesn't, mm-hmm. and that's that's the difference maker for him. What what we who do you think you'll see Draymond Green guarding in Game One? Jokic. Yeah, he'll be on Jokic. Um, doesn't mean yeah, exactly. Doesn't it, matter. He'll height, be on Jokic. height. The height difference doesn't matter. None of that matters. Best defender. The one. The one guy who can cause Jokic some problems. Well, the biggest thing is this. It comes back to the refs. I mean, it, and it's just they're going to be physical. It's playoff time. Yeah. Everybody's physical. But for Jokic, he's going to get hacked. He's going to go and shoot near the rim and get hacked several times. And you know what? You're not going to get calls. You can't give away points against the Golden State Warriors. That's the biggest thing here. Now, are they beatable? They are beatable. Steph Curry's not back yet. Yeah. You know, will he be back for game one? There is a chance. Will he be sharp for game one? That remains to be seen. He's not going to have that lead up that we talked about. No, but Clay Thompson, but he, he had 30, 30 plus yeah. points the last couple of games. And so he's looking good, looking back together. Um, I think the guy really to look out for is Jordan Poole. Yeah. He's a guy who comes off the bench. He's really stepped up, played very, very well this year. Um, he's one of the guys the Nuggets really are going to have to look out for in this series. Speaking of coming off the bench, are you trying to get Bowens Highland as much work as possible? Yes. Immediately. I mean, that you need, you're going to need some instant offense. Well, you need firepower, but yeah. again, he... This is the difference between regular season and the playoffs. Right. He takes three-point shots near right, Steph Curry range, right? Yes. It's okay in the regular season to do that. But when in the playoffs, possessions mean so much. It's almost like college. They mean so much. 
sometimes shooting those deep threes, they're not a good play. Unless you hit them. Unless you hit them, especially early in the shot clock. <laughs> right? I would say this. Uh, Brandon Forbes, Forbes yeah. he will have to have a big series. I don't know if he's going to play a lot. But if you need somebody who could go three-pointer for three-pointer against this team, mm-hmm. you have to go and put him in the lineup. If the Nuggets win this series, who played over their head? <laughs> the bench. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say Will Barton. Too. Uh, Will Barton. Uh, Will Barton didn't turn over the ball and lose yeah. you a game. Um, I would say the guy. I would say Aaron Gordon did. Okay. Just just to be safe, Aaron Gordon and Monte Morris. Monte mm. Morris last year really played over his head, especially Game Five against Portland, mm-hmm. um, when uh, Damian Lillard was losing his mind and everything. Right, had like fifty-five points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Monte Morris had a great game. So somebody has to, it has to be uh, uh, by committee. Somebody else has to be that guy, right? Different hero every night. Austin Rivers had a great game yeah. in, in uh, the first round uh, last year, right? He has to have a good game. You know, he has to stay out of foul trouble. Um, I, I think a lot of people are talking about the Nuggets not having Davon, Davon, Davon Reed and mm-hmm. um, keeping Falcon Capazzo, which is an interesting move there. They could have used him for this series, but it is what it is. Well, you have to find that next guy, right? Um, and so... It'll be interesting to see what this team will be able to do, how they could be able to use their size. But at the end of the day, there's not many people who could keep up with Steph, especially Steph at 100%. So getting game one is crucial for the Nuggets to have a shot in this series. I agree. And I mean, I hate to say it's over if they don't win game one, but I don't see them coming back if they don't win game one. You don't want to be down. I mean, I think, yeah. I, think they, they, I don't think they're going to go out for love in this. Mm-mm, no, no. But I think winning game one is the difference between losing this series in six and maybe being able to grind out a win in six. Yes. You don't want, yes. they don't want a seventh game here for obvious reasons. Right. I think it goes six one way or the other. Yeah. yeah. Depending it, on the game one outcome. Right. Right. And that's the biggest one It's just to be able to go and get the first one national TV. You know, everybody will be hyped, you know, psyched up. And let's call it what it is. This is another thing you have to forget. Yeah. This is the first time in Chase Arena, right? Remember, they moved from Oracle. They moved from Oracle Arena to now the Chase, I think Chase Arena, Chase Center. Chase Center, excuse me. Yep, a little more sedate of an atmosphere. This is the first game that they will have full capacity in a playoff game yep. there. It's going to be ridiculous there. It is, but it's a different kind of crowd than they got over and That's over. Right. That's right. I mean, even when the dubs were shaky, mm-hmm. you, look, you think back to, what was it, 08 when they upset the Mavericks? Mm-hmm. Over in the Coliseum by various names, they had a tremendous home court advantage in the postseason. And that's the thing that that, that crowd, it's a different crowd they've got it right is. now. They're going to have, it's, it's going to have to prove itself. It really will. It really will. And so that's why Oakland you take, was a pit in and, a good way. And that's why you take advantage. I mean, we all know about different stadiums that were just terrible. Like, I love me some mile high. Let's call it what it it's is. Not that, the sta- it's not the same as the old stadium. That thing was breaking down. But we loved it. It was our stadium that yeah. was breaking down, right? Yeah. Right? And so, same thing with Oracle. We'll see how things will be now that you're at the Chase Center. That's one of the things I don't. I think will not I, be I, talked about a lot. I should have said oh, it was funny because I'm old enough to remember when it was just the, when both, both the Coliseum outside and inside had the same name. They were both the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. <laughs> one was an enclosed arena. One was, was an outdoor stadium. <laughs> and they were right next to each other. Right. And you know, it, but it's like there was there was that really grit there to both venues. There's a kind of a gritty yes. component to yes. it. part of it. It's Oakland. It is. I feel like we're you know we've lost something special 
because the A's are the last team in Oakland. Yes. And they're going to be gone soon in all likelihood. Yeah. I feel like we're losing something special, losing pro sports in Oakland. You're losing... You're losing... You're losing a fan. You're yeah. losing the guys who not only cared about the game, but they lived it. You're losing heart and soul. You are. And you're losing generation of fans, too. Yeah. That's that's tough. That's I, tough for that area. I, I'm I'm one who actually loved Bronco games in Oakland. Yeah. Because it was just so real. Yes. It was so... It it was the most authentic experience in 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 the NFL, mm-hmm. and Warriors games in Oakland they were an equally equally authentic experience. Yes, they were, you know, and it was loud. The fans were right on top of you. Even when the team stunk, they were loud. Same thing. They're right on top of you. Yeah. We'll see how it is now. We'll see how it is in the playoffs. And I, I think this: a lot of people are thinking about the Warriors yeah. from how they were five years ago. Mm-hmm. They're not that not same, the same team. Not the same. Right? Injuries have caught up a bit. So again, the Nuggets have a chance to go and get game one. You get game one, you go back to Denver one-one, and you think it happened. We spend so much time talking about uh, you know about Draymond and Steph and their injuries. I mean, this is a fragile team. Is this? It is. It really is. If they st- look, if they stay healthy, can they win it? All absolutely they can, right. but that is a big if for two months of playoffs. Really is, yeah. Coming up on the other side, it was a tragic weekend in the NFL with the loss of Dwayne Haskins, who who died on Saturday uh, when he was hit by a truck in in Fort Lauderdale. But um, we're gonna get into some of the reaction of that and what some of the media reaction to the Dwayne Haskins death says, perhaps about what we in media and sports have wrong about our athletes. We'll talk about that on the other side. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason, Mile High Sports Radio, MileHighSports.com. Please, oh, please let Plug to be himself, not what you read, all right? Right is wrong when hype is written on the soul. They lie that. Style is surely our own thing. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Watch the MileHighSports.com. Listen to Mile High Sports Radio, 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD3. FM, Eric Goodman out today. He's going to be back in tomorrow. Justin Adams of CBS4 filling in on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. I'm at Mace Denver. He is at Justin Adams TV. And the Rockies are on the brink of winning a third consecutive game. Bottom of the ninth, they're up 4-3. One out. Daniel Bod, as Eric would often say, (laughs) trying to close it out. Just because he used to pitch for... uh, the Red Sox, even yep. though uh, Daniel uh, D- Daniel Barr, I mean, he went to the University of North Carolina, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and he's from Texas. My man got a fastball. Yeah. He does have a little fastball. He has a fastball, man. Yes, he does. Do your thing, man. Get this dub. Yep. Doesn't matter. Just just, just keep stacking the wins. That's all that matters. That's what you're hoping for. And, and ruin the Rangers opening day. Mm-hmm. By the way, kind of their first real opening day, even though I think they had a full capacity crowd last year yep. for the opener, but it was still kind of different. It's... Everything feels quasi-normal again. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Really, really does. Ah, so there. The Rockies trying to close it out and get to 3-1. and one. I mean, break up the Rockies. I know, right? 
Yeah. Early on in the year, man. Hey, we'll take it. The, an, an early two out of three over LA. Right. I mean, and and doing so, and I think the other the thing that is really kind of reassuring here is, for the Rockies and gives you hope is that the starting pitching has, for the most part, been as advertised, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the bullpen has been better. Knock on wood. I no, hope I'm not still, jinxing Daniel Barr knocking. here. We're still knocking. Come yep. on, Daniel Barr. Yeah, he's trying to he's trying he's trying to close it out here uh, <laughs> down in Texas. <sighs> Time now for what's trending. What's Trending is presented by Colorado Off-Road in Littleton. If you need major accessory brands or something off-market for your truck, car, Jeep, or SUV, they've got it. Upfit today at Colorado Off-Road or go to cooffroad.com. You ever have a moment, Justin, where you have a moment of clarity almost and you realize that something is really kind of deeply wrong with society, culture? Yes, okay. yes, yes. I had that moment this weekend uh, it, seeing some of the reactions to uh, the death of uh, Dwayne Haskins mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in Fort Lauderdale, right. um, just tw- just 24 years old. Mm-hmm. So uh, He was uh, hit by a dump truck on Interstate 595 down there. Uh, Adam Schefter, for example, in a tweet that announced uh, the, the passing of Dwayne Haskins, was talking about his struggles since being a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. And then, of course... Uh, he deleted that. He actually apologized for it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone else who had to make an apology was Gil Brandt of uh, Sirius XM NFL Radio, who issued this reaction, which was uh, kind of questionable. Or do we have got to know the the young man a little bit? But also, from a scouting standpoint, you were you, you uh, analyzed him over the years at Ohio State and then coming into the league with the Washington Commanders and then going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, it's a terrible tragedy and. And what wanted your thoughts on that, and also on the player, because you did chronicle his career very closely. Well, you know, Dan, uh, I hate any time anybody is killed or anybody dies. Uh, but he was a guy that was living to be dead, so to speak. Uh, you know, they told him, don't under any circumstances leave school early. You just, you just don't have the work habits. You don't have this. You don't have that. What did he do? Left school early. Uh, I always can remember this. Uh, we invited players to the draft. And he was one of the players we invited to the draft. And uh, he, we were told, no, uh, uh, we're, uh, we're going to have our own party. His own party was uh, a party at the bowling alley, charged him 50 bucks to get into the bowling alley for his party. Uh, it was always something, you know. It, it's, it's one of those things. Uh, I'm never offside, but they keep calling me for offside is what it is. So, you know, it, it's a tragic thing. Anytime anybody dies, it's tragic. Uh, and, and especially when you're 24 years old and you got to hold your whole life ahead of you. Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe if he'd have stayed in school a year, uh, he wouldn't do silly things. I mean, I don't, when you're jogging on a highway, uh, you know, on a road like that, that leaves it open because I tell you, it's so. Uh, guy has two drinks and he's just a little bit to, to the right side of the road, and, and gets hit and killed. It's easy to happen. Yeah, uh, we. I mean, you hear that? You hear maybe if he stayed in school year, he wouldn't do silly things like jogging right. on a highway. Right. Said quote, he was a guy that was living to be dead. Unquote. Mm-hmm. I mean. Okay, Gil Brandt's 90 years old. Right, right, right. And I think that needs to be taken into account here. But between, but it's kind of the general thought here that 
there's such a focus on kind of what they do and good and bad football wise. And if it doesn't work out kind of looking for, you know, looking for reasons that like, I feel like there's a huge tendency to, for, to not focus on what kind of people they are. And one thing that was coming that we learned, if you didn't know this, Dwayne Haskins, just because he didn't succeed as a quarterback, he was a guy that touched a lot of people in mm-hmm. a very positive way mm-hmm. that like his teammates spoke lovingly of him. Like, and hearing from people that were around Washington in, in 2019, for example, his rookie year. And, and remember he was a team captain even in 2020, like, mm. sp- you know, it just spoke of, of all the good things, uh, good things about him as a person. It shouldn't be about how he failed as a player. It should be about what kind of person he was. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, that this is sort of the apex of the commodification of players as not people but just interchangeable parts. It's easy to de- dehumanize somebody who you don't see as a human, yeah, um, as a person, as a father, as a son, as a um, a relative, right? Um, I think in, in the biblical, as the imago Dei, right, in the image of God, right, it's easy mm-hmm. to dehumanize somebody when you don't see them that way um, and just treat them as an avatar. You're here for my pleasure, yeah. right? You're here for this. My pieces on this puzzle on this football field, and it's the same. It's the same mentality that leads to shut up and dribble. Exactly, right? Your value to me, yeah, is what you do on the field and by your performance on Sundays, right? And when we get lost in that, and not just football players, all athletes in general, when we get lost in that, you get comments like that. Yeah. You get you get tweets that Adam Schefter left, right? Um, and it doesn't matter if he was successful as a football player or not. Here's one thing that he was. He was the first-round draft pick in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do. That is extremely hard to do, right? And whether he has success or not, he won some games. There's guys who I know, athletic, great players, great individuals, who he has a lot more success than. But at the end of the day, when somebody dies, your first thing can't be going back to how he was on the field. It's about the or, impact that he made just in general. And he made a great impact. And at the end of the day, it's a life that's lost. Yeah. I mean, you can't be, be getting there and being like Gil Brandt saying that he's a he, he should have stayed in school. They shouldn't have charged 50 bucks for a draft party. I mean, that read like somebody who like right. someone who was just ticked off over a choice that it, that a young man made. Well, it's somebody, and he was still bitter about yes, it. Yes, and it's somebody who had somebody uh, something on their chest to talk about. Yeah. But you know, the the thing is, is this, man, there's a time and a place. That's not the time and the place. Yeah. That is not the time and the place to be able to say something like that, especially to a young man who just died on a highway. Yeah. It was uh, just unbelievably tragic to, and I mean, I, I thought about just my own, like I only had the chance to meet him once, but right. it was a, he he was a really really nice person, mm-hmm. really cordial, smiled you know smiled friendly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll say this just from my brief interactions with him, I never stopped rooting for him for to, sure to get it right. For sure, and, and that's and that's part of what breaks my heart is that he you know he he won't get that chance no, now. Not at all. And here's my thing: he just got married. Him being a dad, yeah, you know. I mean, we all know about how we are in our 20s, early 20s, and how things change when you hit 30, or things change when you see your first child, or mm-hmm. things change just just through just living, right? Yep. Just overall life. 
We never stop growing up. We never up. stop growing up. At right. Least, exactly. Until we're six feet under, we never stop growing we never up. Never stop. And yeah. so, um, do I believe, and here's the thing too, on the other side, do I believe Gil Brent should never be on a radio show or TV show or not? I don't believe that. Do I believe that Adam Schefter should never have his job at ESPN again? No. But what I do believe is this, is that we all need to look at ourselves differently, right. especially when we cover athletes and know that there are more than just what they do on the field. Their value is way more than what they do on Sundays, Thursdays, Mondays. More than just a number. More than just a number, right? Yep. They are human beings. I, I'll give you one quick story. I know we got to run, so I'll make this as quick as I can. I remember when Case Keenum was, you know, he was going to be traded. There was reports out there. And we had him on our show, Orange Blue 760 back in the day. Mm-hmm. And we had him on our show, um, the clip of him talking about how much it hurt. But the thing that really impacted me was his wife. Mm-hmm. And what that meant for her yeah. and how that impacted the family. We got to keep that in mind that this is more than just one player that's impacted. It's a family. It's a community. And it's a hum- it's, it's people in general that are impacted. Amen. Danny, what do we miss? Some big news for the Broncos in the last couple days. A couple of signings and also new news on the ownership front. I'll get your thoughts on all of that on the other side right here on Afternoon Drive with Adams and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Watch us on MileHighSports.com. Listen to My High Sports Radio, 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD, 3 FM. Eric Goodman out today. Justin Adams in for him. Rockies up 6-4, top of the 10th. Connor Joe with a homer after Iglesias with an RBI single. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Just in case you missed it, some big news on the Broncos ownership front as Rob Rob Walton... Sorry, the name slipped my mind for a minute because oh, all, all I was thinking was Walmart. Yeah, and I know the money. last name's not Walmart, but of Walmart money mm-hmm. has entered the conversation and potentially ended the conversation. Your thoughts on the Walmart family, the Waltons, getting uh, involved here in the Broncos ownership conversation. 77 years old, worth $70 billion. Good God. So much money. Is it it's $70 billion? Is that right? So much money. I saw 65, 65. billion, oh. but I mean, in, according to Forbes, but okay. Oh, sorry, 65. Yeah, you know wow. what, though? Um, he would become the NFL's richest owner. Yep. Um, It's the, a legacy the, play. The buzz, yes, exactly. He's actually got one of his sons lives here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, and... There, there, and and Rob Walton himself has lived in Colorado before, so there is some connection, and the money to literally do whatever you want. Now, I'll say this: don't go asking for public funds when you're worth sixty-five billion dollars for a stadium. Hey man, somebody you're going to be. You know what though, Stan Kroenke, to his credit, there's not a lot you can say to Stan Kroenke's credit, but to his credit, SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, that whole project, he paid for himself. Mm. And Rob Walton, if he bought the Broncos, could afford to do the same thing. 
All right, that's all we have time for, unfortunately. Uh, that was the final word brought to you by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. So whether you live in the city or work in the city and want, or work in the city and want to pick something up on the way home, Argonaut has everything you need, as well as top-shelf sales staff, including several sommeliers. And if you can't make it down to Argonaut, Col- Colfax, they got free delivery on orders of $100 or more in the metro area. Stop by Argonaut today to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Justin Adams, thanks for filling in for Eric, my friend. I appreciate you, brother. Justin Adams, CBS4, Andrew Mason, Danny and Alex behind the glass. Great job. We'll talk to you tomorrow. I put it down, never slouch. As long as my credit can vouch, a dog couldn't catch me. Tell me who could stop with Dre making moves, attracting honeys like a magnet.